to episode number 44 of the DMC podcast with your host today, myself, Adam Rigby, and the undeniable force, the triple threat, the delightfully, wonderfully, lovely, beautiful Dr. Bex Bell, back for part two of our chats. Bex, how are you? Yay, kia ora Adam, kia ora everybody listening and watching, I am very well, thank you. I'm looking well. lovely, looking lovely today. Unleash the beast, I've taken <laughs> up the hair. <laughs> Same. Uh, things are going to get wild when the hair's out, eh? You know, <laughs> Nothing wrong with the wild, that's good news, um, that's good news. Um, we had a quick chat, uh, obviously prior, and the last, uh, the last chat we had uh incredibly popular incredibly popular and um a huge amount of downloads and listens which is great so thank you to those who took the time to listen and and watch and and really enjoyed our chat thank you to those that gave the feedback too because there was some great feedback um people coming into me especially at the gym kept captive audience and saying how much they loved it how it was their favorite um and also the timing um how great the timing was and that was probably an indication that it's something that people wanted to hear right Mm. permission to feel what they needed to feel and um just sit sit in those emotions and accept and, and accept it so um on the on the back of that um yeah just love to continue the chat because what was great for me is getting um ha having a break having a having a few a month or so break from uh 2021 and getting into 2022 just the old gray matter and conversational superpowers takes a while to recharge so it yes. also highlighted to me the importance of continuing to chat not just coming mm. out of your cave every month <laughs> every <laughs> month or so and yeah, yeah. um but continuing to chat and lately i was fortunate enough to catch up with the incredible guys from the high frequency club um Shanae and marwin and if you haven't checked those guys out do that um obviously sung your praises Dr. Bex Bell. Um, but they um we, we sat down and had a, a little bit of a one-on-one -on -one and talking about stuff and myself and, and what I did, which is always difficult, eh? Talking about yourself. Yes. Um yes. and also about the, the 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 challenges. And one one thing that um really really sprung to mind and again i guess harking back to the, the 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 challenging times and the place where we land right where we are today is completely different to where we are a year ago two years ago mm. um and what i was discussing with them is the the continual process of just reinventing reinventing versions of myself and and um accepting responsibility and accepting that i have the power to do that which i think is a big shift right which is a big mind mindset shift um have you got any advice or or tools around that i mean you know a lot of it's letting go of potentially some of the things that are holding us back in, in terms of limitations but is there any uh any advice in terms of assisting people and making that transition and just stepping up and stepping in to the new the latest version the 2.0 or even the 4.0 yeah 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 oh there's so much isn't there but um 
I think that, I mean, everything, when we're talking about change of any kind, I think the first thing it starts with is, is belief, really. You know, belief that you deserve to have the thing that you might want to have or to be the thing that you want to be. Um, I think a lot, a lot of um, change that we want to do can kind of, we can sort of self-sabotage if we're not starting with a belief, a, a really, you know, embodied belief, like actually feeling that belief to be true, that we deserve to have that particular change. I mean, I know I've been caught up in that a lot myself, that kind of that, you know, that fully embracing that we, we deserve to have, you know, the most successful business we might want to have, or to have the physique we might want to have, or whatever a meaningful life is means for us, it does start with that belief. And that, that can be a lot of groundwork in and of itself, just being able to embrace that and truly believe it for yourself. Um, I think one other thing that's really important is, is, I think we've talked about this, Adam, is, is honoring that it's okay to be where you're at now and still want to progress somehow. Uh, I, I think so often we think that those two things can't go together, that we're sort of, you know, we think that if we, if we want to be better somehow that we can't also accept how we are right now and we can't celebrate that. But we can, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. So the, I guess the training is in celebrating where we're at now and all the many experiences and sometimes painful learning that it's taken to get to that place and be really excited about the version 4.0 or whatever of us that's still to come and um, you know being grateful that we are where we're at now but also being grateful that we we can always grow into something more so something and by more I don't necessarily mean ticking off 10 million more achievements what I mean by more is almost coming closer and closer and closer and more closely aligned to who we are, you know, climbing out from underneath all that crap, like all the limiting stories that we tell ourselves. And I call it coming home, you know, that sense of coming home, like coming home to yourself. I, I just think it's, it's um, yeah, it's about, it's, it's a lot about unlearning isn't it? So cut, climbing out from underneath all the stuff that's getting in our way and all the stuff we've learned about, um, you know, shoulds and shouldn'ts and musts and, you know, I should be doing this or doing that or not doing this or not doing that. Just clearing it away and coming home to ourselves and aligning things again. Um, I think, I don't even know where I was going with that. See, wild hair, wild response. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that would be uh, some advice. So beliefs are huge working on those and really getting to the bottom of those, you know, what beliefs are helping me, which beliefs are not helping me or getting in my way and giving ourselves permission to grow and celebrating where we're at and getting excited about where we can go all at the same time. Those two things can go together. That's, I, I love that term though, coming home, a eh? coming mm. home. Yeah. Um, and there's so much, there's so much comfort in that. Uh, do you, th do you think, I mean, we talk about, I think we chatted about previously about comparison being the thief of joy and there's so many things to compare ourselves with and we're bombarded daily by a whole lot of stuff where we should be, what we should be doing. Also yes. the, the battle between generations about how they did things and how we should be doing what they did. And that, that's not necessarily the case. And then our generation after us doing stuff that we could never imagine, um, mm. which can be inspiring. Uh, it, it depends on how you look at it. But do you think, as a result of all these pressures, we're just 
too fucking hard on ourselves yes (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) yeah there's just that, that's why I love um I love this idea of coming home because I do truly believe that our our natural state is one of confidence is one yeah. of being empowered and I think the most beautiful evidence of that is when we look at small children yeah they know how to own themselves hey they yeah. know they know they don't you know the, an example I love is when they're learning how to walk when they start failing and the, and you know they're not doing it right they don't just give up they don't say, oh, well, walking's not for me. They get up and they try again. So, you know, our natural state is, is to do the things that we love, is to, um, you know, uh, shine just in our usness, uh, just like children do. But we, I think we just get bombarded by so much information and pressures. And, of course, social media and just the general mass media, um, you know, plays into this. Um, and but you know it's good too. There are good bits, but there, we're just twenty four seven. There are there are uh, opportunities for comparison that there didn't used to be many years ago when life was sort of a little bit more simpler and we just went about our nine to five and watched a bit of telly, ate some meat and veg for tea and went to bed and then did it tomorrow. You know, like yeah, there's just yeah. this stuff around us all the time. And um, unfortunately, we have we have brains that are naturally wired to do that comparison. Um, because you know we all want to have good social standing in the in the tribe. If we think about it from again back in the day, evolutionary, evolutionarily speaking, um, so w- that's a, a natural tendency for us, which can mean that we're extremely hard on ourselves. And I see it all the time, and you know, with coaching clients, and again in my own lived experience, I'm shocking at it. Um, it's really something I'm personally starting to dig deep into because I'm sick of it. You know, yeah. you just think of it. It's like this is this is not a good spend of my energy and my time to be beating myself up. Yeah, yeah. So how how do we how do we break how do we break out of that? How do we how do we uh, because it's preconditioned. I mean, I, I guess hmm. as you say, back, back in the day, we were so much there was so much more innocence around our everyday living because we didn't we weren't bombarded by information. And so a lot of the stuff that we learned was by process of investigation, was by doing. Do you think that's robbing us of something that's inherently human and actually providing massive amounts of limitation? Because the knowledge is thrown at us and it's from a variety of sources. Um, the four agreements, which is one of the books I've talked to you about, there's a fifth agreement and it's learn to listen, but be skeptical because what you're hearing is a person's version of the truth. Mm. It's like any, any, any story. So the stuff that we're bombarded with isn't necessarily the fact or isn't necessarily relevant to you. Do you think that that could be the case that we are actually getting robbed of something that is inherently human and helping us grow as a human being and as a person that's been taken away? So that affects the way we think and act. Yeah, well, I think that uh, <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I think that it, it can push us towards just getting stuck in our own head. Yeah. I think that's the upshot is, you know, it's t- so much thinky, 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 thinky. And, um, you know, less of the getting out and just doing. And it's, I think we can, you know, we, we assume sometimes that we just, we need to think about stuff more, but actually we just need to get out and do and experience 
and that is where the growth in the learning comes from. But yeah, I think it can push us towards, um, you know, what do we call it? Par paralysis by analysis when there's so yeah, much yeah. information going on. Uh, and I 100% have to monitor this myself. I do it myself because I'm naturally a thinker, an analytical brain, and I start living in my head instead of actually being in my life, <laughs> which yeah. is a big work on. And um, because, you know, at the end of the day, I, I actually want to be present in my life because I only get one. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, I, I think it's about asking ourselves that question all the time. Is this a good spend of my energy? You know, if I'm if I'm thinking about stuff, analyzing, just absorbing information all the time, is that a good spend of my energy? Is it serving my well-being? If I'm not actually carving out space to just get a little bit quiet and be still and actually tune into me and my information, you know, my intuition, my my vision that I have for where I want to go. I think that's really important actually, just creating that space, which is hard to do when we're go, 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 do, 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 you know, information overload and so on. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's important to listen to others at times, eh? but it's more important to mm. listen to yourself. And I think we we, we lose that, the, the little voice in our head. Um, for, for me, and again, discussing with the other with the other guys, a tool that I use is just making, making sure that I have time to think, it's thinking time, rather than mm. letting the thinking or the thought process overwhelm other things that I'm doing. Um, or other opportunities so for me it's walking or riding or, or going out solo time where I'm stimulated by nature and movement and the chemicals the chemicals that are flowing through the body are positive um, in terms of a few more endorphins and mm. certainly sitting down with a gin is probably not the best time to to, to go deep to go deep into thought but it's okay too. <laughs> yeah at times at times yeah. um, I saw a wonderful yeah. thing actually in reference to what you what you just said I saw this um Lewis Lewis Howes is a um yep as a yeah motivational guru dude um and he posted oh, this this morning most of the anxiety and problems you create are coming from your thoughts when you mm -hmm. learn to calm your mind that's when you start to calm your life absolutely oh my gosh amen and especially in relevance to our chat today i was like holy shit i just think mm. it's i just think it's wonderful how when you put yourself in a position because in a different mindset in a different time i may have scanned past that and thought nothing of it mm. but mm. because i've opened myself up to the opportunity and frequency to think a different way and challenge my thoughts in a different way then stuff like this is the stuff that sticks not a picture of someone on a motorcycle or or flexing or lifting, deadlifting <laughs> some obscene amount of weight. But this stuff, like this stuff, mastering your thoughts. Um, mm. But it's really the it's it's really the it's the how, isn't it? Yeah, it's the how. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I mean, do do we do that by discussion? Do we do it by conversation? Is it just? Are, are there specific tools or is there science involved in, in actually sitting down enabling us to process this? Like I say, I do it through movement because mm. I feel it's a positive space for me to process this. Mm. What are your thoughts around that in terms of a, a, a valid or legitimate process that people could potentially follow to enable them to open up this? Yeah, yeah. Kevin. Such of a good opportunity in our thoughts. 
<laughs> yeah. So um, I think we would have talked about last time that, you know, the, the first step, and it sounds so cliche and people might switch off now, but it truly is awareness. So we cannot master our thoughts until we're aware of what our thoughts are. Yeah. And the training, and there's, I mean, there's, there's so much evidence behind this. What, what, what I'm effectively talking about is, you know, is mindfulness. So watching your own mind, being yeah. paying attention to what your mind is doing. And this is not something that necessarily comes naturally because so much of what happens in our mind is on autopilot, right? And it has to be that way. Because if we had to consciously think about everything we did, our freaking brain would explode on the wall because there's so much <laughs> shit going yeah, on in there. Like, imagine if we had to think about how to breathe or how to make our heart work so, or how to drive a car. Like if we had to literally think about that when we got in the car, we wouldn't be able to do anything else. Yeah. Uh, so because we're wired to, to be so much on autopilot, we have to train the conscious process of watching our thoughts of stepping out from them and actually listening to what they're saying. So what Lewis House is effectively saying in that quote is train yourself to do that because when you start actually noticing what's happening, then you can ask the question of, hmm, okay, that's interesting. You know, getting curious about what's going on in your mind. And rather than, is this thought kind of, you know, good or bad or true or false? All we need to ask is, is it serving me? You know, if I buy into what this is saying, is that helping me live my best life or not? And yep. that is such a helpful place to start for anybody wanting to, you know, increase the skill because it absolutely is a skill. It's just like learning a new language. It's like learning to ride a bike. It's just helping to work with your mind and actually be more conscious about what it's doing and what thoughts are flowing through it. And a really good place to start is just training yourself you know, even if you wanted to for five minutes a day, something achievable, put your timer on and just sit, sit and don't force yourself to think about anything. Just listen and tune into what is flowing through your mind. And you might want to write it down. It might be, I'm really freaked out about that presentation I have to do at work today. What am I going to have for dinner? Oh, I need to remember to ring the plumber. Oh, you know, that this is what our mind does. It jumps around. But the, the very act of just noticing what it's doing is the first step and then being able to do something with those thoughts. Sort of, you know, start to put the ones that are unhelpful to one side and bring the ones that are helpful and feel good and help it, like, you know, allow us to move forward. We can pull those closer to us. Um, that's the first step. And then, of course, we can get into the whole idea of, rewiring you know beliefs and thoughts and you know challenging our thoughts reframing our thoughts but the first step is simply to be aware and that's training that's a practice just like going to the gym and lifting weights to build muscle we have to train the practice of watching our mind to strengthen that skill mm. and the brain will allow us to do it i mean the brain is the most complex busiest highway you could ever imagine right and again there's so many things happening at, at at, at the same time and for me being a being a visual person I think that the, the tool that I use there is I can actually visualize saying okay uh, if, if a thought comes I can go okay I'll move it here because that's when I know yeah. I'm going to do my thinking time so maybe I'll park that and I'll think about that when I'm in a great space to think about it but oh I can mm. action this yeah. it's like a massive I, I have a vi I, I have a visual way of really exploring 
that that works <laughs> that works for me um i don't have a deep dark cavern that i walk down a, a you know 30 dark stairs with a torch and then lock lock these thoughts in a safe i think it's <laughs> i think it's important to <laughs> to put them in an accessible place so you can process them and not hang on to anything um hmm. and the way i was explaining to the guys you know i'm a i'm a deep thinker but i, I like to think I like to think that I'm not an overthinker. So I like to have a conclusion to thoughts or at least mm -hmm. break them down into achievable parts where mm -hmm. if I can't come to a conclusion or I can't figure stuff out, then I can actually break it and chapter to it or chapter yeah, three yeah. it or chapter four it. And I, do you think there's unnecessary pressure for us just to, I have to solve it. I have to have it all figured out. I've got to be on top of this. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's why that's why there's so much um, stress around because the essence of life really is that the majority of the time it's unpredictable and uncontrollable, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. can feel like, you know, but that's that's why we get stressed because we're often trying to predict what is unpredictable and control what is uncontrollable. And so one of the things that I've found really helpful is um, just a, a word that I like to remember for myself, which is surrender. Yeah. Uh, what would happen if I just surrendered to figuring out as much as I as, as feels sort of productive? And then if I hit a wall, why not just surrender to the rest of it? You know, why not just embrace the fact that, you know what, I can do as much thinking as I like, but something might happen tomorrow that throws it all off, like the completely the plan just goes out the window. And I think that COVID has actually been really good training ground for us to practice that, that kind of ability to pivot, as they say. Um, but, you know, it, absolutely, because I think, once again, if we are just kind of turning those mental wheels all the time, you know, and trying to figure everything out, um, we, what aren't we doing? What, what are we being pulled away from in our life? What actions are we not taking that could be moving us forward and actually showing us the way forward anyway through action and learning? Uh, it's, um, yeah, I think, uh, again, it's just an, another form of um, pressure that we put on ourselves. And I, I think I often talk with, um, with coaching clients who are re reaching out because they have got a really important uh, decision in their life to make. And they're they're freaking out about it because they're like, but what do I choose? You know, do I stay or do I go in this job? Do I stay or do I go in this relationship? And quite a lot of our work together is often, hey, what about buying into the idea that there isn't actually a right or a wrong decision here? You know, you can't get this wrong. All, all you can do is move forward with the information that you have right now, move forward with how you're feeling right now and see what happens. And if it doesn't feel good and aligned with who, you know, with that kind of gut feeling you have, then you change tact, you, you try something different. So it's sort of surrendering to life almost as like one big freaking experiment because it is, because who the hell knows what the answers are? No one, <laughs> not even me and you, Adam, we don't know. Um, we're all just figuring it out, like, no, we, we truly know. are, you know? And isn't that the wonderful thing about life though? um so many things unexplained so many things unexplored yeah. so many things yet yet to discover for us as humans even though people may have been through it before i think i, I love that about life um and for me curiosity is the one thing that i that and that's what i love about my wife too curious um and it opens up adventure and opportunity and possibility you know and a little bit of fear and a little bit of fear is okay 
not mm-hmm. so great to make decisions when you when you're scared but definitely uh keeps keeps you on your toes uh yes. alert and alive and keeps you learning um i think for, for me too you know the the thing that has helped me process thoughts is actually conversations with others as well so learning actually the impact of saying my thoughts out loud having someone that I can trust and realizing the positive impact that that has. So it's mm. enabled me to actually open that little valve that lets that stuff out. And, you know, if, I guess for some people, they, if, if they don't feel they have someone they can trust or talk to, um, I think you start the process by just talking, right? You don't have to go deep and dark straight out of the first conversation. Like, what are you thinking? Um, Hmm. Um, you know what are your thoughts on life and death and, and <laughs> religion and you don't have to go deep and dark just start the process of of chatting right start the process of chatting um or i guess um thoughts on seeking professional advice or help given you are i guess professional advice or help yeah so what are my thoughts on it yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah well first of all i think it's um there's some really important things, sort of myths to bust about about doing that because, uh, you know, and I've I've felt it myself that you know when even when I say to people, you know, oh, I'm going to see a psychologist, they're sort of like, oh, but there's nothing wrong with me, <laughs> you know. So it's it's just embracing that it is such a good thing to do. It's such a healthy thing to do. Uh, and it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, that you're deficient somehow, that you need to go and talk to some professional. Uh, it's it's just, it's a wonderful thing to do. I cannot rate it enough in terms of talking, sharing what's inside here with a neutral person. So there's somebody that's completely objective. They're neutral. They're not going to just throw advice down your throat. You know, they're just going to create space for you to talk and they will listen. And they will guide, yes, but um, I think it's that's such a beautiful gift, and you know, for something to to enjoy is just is just emptying this out because it can get very busy and chaotic in here. And yes, we can do. There are tools and and skills that we can build for ourselves. But you're right that just um, you know sharing that with somebody else has massive benefit, and it's also about connecting with somebody else, even if they are you know, a neutral professional that we're actually paying to connect with, it's still incredibly valuable. You know, that's a massive part of our well-being as human beings is having connection with other people. And uh, I think there's, uh, what's that quote that's something about, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved? Yeah. You know, as soon as it's out of here and into here, out in the open, it instantly feels more manageable. Right when um, so I, I really couldn't recommend it enough. And I mean, sometimes it takes a few goes. You might kind of go and sort of connect with one professional and think, mm, nah, you know. But then you might move on and find the one that clicks with you. That's the beauty of having lots of professionals. You know, there's all different personalities and approaches that people take and how they would work with you. So it is about finding the right person for you. And it's okay if the first person you see or the second or third doesn't quite gel with you. Just just keep exploring. Um, you know, ask around. Who do you guys go and talk to? You know, it's a it's it's a it's nothing to be ashamed of if you wanted to do that. Yeah. Why why are we so shit scared of judgment? Is it 
is it that going harking back we were scared of being shunned from the tribe of being singled out is it what what makes us so shit scared of being judged by others is it just, just acceptance? In or in terms yeah. of like seeking help? Well, I mean, in, re- in reference to this, of course, but I mean, it flows through every aspect of our life, doesn't it? Not just, you know, there's judgment for all things, or there appears to be judgment at stages of our life for all things. And, and you know, mental health is one of these things that people are incredibly afraid of just asking for help because yeah. of the judgment, the stigma attached to it. And that mm. could go through a whole, a whole lot of things, being judged for a whole lot of reasons. But why are we so shit scared of it? Yeah, judgment. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the way that we are, we all we all want to be loved, we all want to be connected to others, and we all want to be accepted. And so we are like the fear dials are turned up really high on. But what if we what if we do something or say something that means we can't get those things? And like you say, yes, there is a, a very kind of biological basis to to that. You know, we we are we do have to be mindful of our biology that that's what we're wired for so yes it does it does create a lot of fear but um I think the thing is you can work with fear you know fear is just a thing it doesn't have to determine anything you know uh we 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 can still move through that fear and um come out the other side of it you know and if we if we all that's kind of what I what I'm essentially doing in my in my coaching and in the work that I do is helping people to not live in that fear or get stuck in that fear because when we are stuck in it and when we're so worried about judgment that's when our life becomes smaller right rather than living our biggest life the one that's most fulfilling to us um there's actually a really cool a wonderful book called the it sounds a bit morbid but the the top five regrets of the dying have you read that adam i've heard about it but i haven't read it maybe write that down yeah top, it's written by a woman called Bronnie Ware, as in w-a-r-e and she i think she's australian and she is uh, or was a palliative carer and so obviously she'd sat with um you know hundreds probably i don't know maybe even thousands of people that had reached the end of their life and we're reflecting back on what it all meant, you know, what was awesome, but also what their, their regrets were. And the number one regret was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life that was true to me. So, I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? That we get so hooked in fear about judgment from other people um, or what another person I've heard calls um, FOPO, you know, fear of other people's opinions. Yeah. I love that. It's, um, Michael Gervais is a, a high-performance psychologist. He, he, that's his term, FOPO. We get so hooked in that that we end up living a life that we think other people want us to live, but we get to the end of our life and think, gosh, darn it, I wish, I wish I'd done all these things differently or I wish I hadn't just, you know, worked my ass off and not been present with my family. Like, so I, I'm just, I am really passionate about, like, let's not get to the end of our life and have that same regret. You know, let's just accept that, yes, there will be fear of judgment from other people, normal, natural, biological, whatever, but we don't have to buy into it. And the way that we don't is by coming back again to us. And what is it that I value? What is it that makes a rich, a full, a meaningful life to me? And I I think that, that those are such important questions that we need to ask ourselves constantly. And on the daily, we want to be checking in with, okay, that's what it means to me. Well, am I doing those things? Am I creating space to have those things? 
um, you know, in what ways are my behavior in line with that or not in line with that? What do I need to tweak? And it's, again, it's being compassionate to ourselves that, you know, if we, if a meaningful life to us means, you know, quitting that job and going over here and doing this job, then, you know, yes, we will fear other people's judgments. And yes, people will have judgments about, you know, don't do that. Why on earth would you leave a massive salary job to go do, create, do a startup or whatever? But it's just yeah. part of the process. It's just how it rolls. Um, and again, being aware of that, but then choosing what to do with it, kind of like we were talking about before with learning how to watch your thoughts and then choosing which ones you want to push away or pull closer. That's all part of the process. Interesting with the checking in, eh? Because, you know, a lot of people get to that point. And it's more we're pre-prone or more likely to check out rather than check in, like find a way to escape a situation rather than sit deep in it. And we discussed that um, last week eh, about just sitting and, and uh, allowing the emotion in the moment to actually flow through you and get a mm -hmm. real feel for it where it sits, allow the body to process it, the brain to process it and mm -hmm. give yourself time to, to try and figure it out, the complex puzzle that it is as it surges through the body. Do you think, yeah. uh, are we just, fuck, are we just in too much of a hurry to try and sort this shit out? Do we, because we're instant gratification for stuff. Yeah. If we can't figure something out in three minutes, do we, <laughs> do we deem that as a massive failure? Because our view is, yeah, I mean, we're in a hurry to get everywhere, right? <laughs> as yeah. A, yeah. Is it, uh, do we just, do we just not accept that these things take time? Yeah, I think, that, I think that's such a good point. I think that's such a good point. And I know that a lot of people listening or watching will be, you know, in, in the world of fitness. And I don't know about you guys, but I have certainly many times myself fallen off the wagon with fitness because I might've decided, you know, like, okay, I don't feel good. I would like to lose a couple of kgs. So I work my butt off for like two weeks and then I'm like, well, I haven't, it's not working yet. So then I self-sabotage, <laughs> go on yeah. eat, like what everything I can find and then feel shit that I have to start the cycle all over again. And that's exactly because of what you've just said, Adam, which is that, you know, stuff does take time, but I think we do live in a, in a now culture, which, you know, we want a pizza, sweet, get on your phone, open your app, hit a button and in 10 minutes, the pizza will be at your door. You know, it's, that's how the world rolls. So I think it reinforces that message that things should happen quickly and that if they're not, we're failing or that it's not a worthwhile venture or whatever. But I think if we look at the world's most successful people, none of them are overnight successes. None of them. Like, it took yeah. years. And you know, as someone with their own business who, to be honest, over the last few months has been quite, I've been quite sort of down in the dumps, like, what am I doing? I don't have a plan. Where am I going? Who am I? Identity <laughs> crisis, you know, um, I've had to remember that. It's like, well, just, you know, your business is quite new. Uh, you know, in the meantime, you've also become a mum. Like, give yourself a freaking break, man. Um, you know, and then I read about other people who are like, oh, well, you know, it took me a, a couple of decades to to get to this point and it's that's kind of the reality check like okay you know be kind to yourself if things are taking longer than your ideal timeline but it doesn't mean you're not getting there it doesn't mean you're not making progress how can you not be making progress if you're taking steps every day towards what matters to you yeah pump pump the brakes saying it's okay to deviate too because plans can change yeah. And and um, if you're smart enough to have a plan A, you're obviously smart enough to determine what a plan B may 
<laughs> may look like but exactly. yeah, de- yeah definitely you should have a long game uh long game when it comes to life um mm. <laughs> expect to li- expect to live a long um beautiful wonderful challenging challenging life rather than move from from day to day i think that's one of the one of the things and yeah. you know people people do ask me all the time you know that i think wisdom does come from age and i think it's a as um we chatted about it at the start of the potty reinventing the opportunity to reinvent myself and, le- and learn a lesson and that's that's critical critical to learning a lesson not just sitting repeating the same mistakes accepting that we do have the power to change um mm. you know if you're in a situation that you just feel like it's not you a eh? i think a lot of people sit in that they just feel it's the right thing to do but it's not right for them exactly and that that's a good sign that we've internalized other people's values and standards and it's time to come back to ours and actually you know do some simple values work you can you can look this stuff up on the internet like you know what you know values exercises come back to you like what what are you what are you trying to come home to what is important to you because that's exactly right that it's very easy to internalize everybody else's ideas about what we should be doing and um but it will always feel niggly like there's there's just something not quite right you know or like someone said to me the other day um a client you know is I feel I feel terrible for saying this because I've really got nothing to complain about really but is this it (laughs) you know in my life is this actually it so that's a great um example or a great indicator nothing to be ashamed of it's like oh there's a golden learning nugget here and it's saying to me hmm I've got to a point in my life where maybe I've been doing stuff because of maybe expectation or maybe out of fear that you know I won't have any money if I do something different or and maybe I just need to come back to me and you know what what is it what is it if I died tomorrow which let's face it happens to many people we just don't know what would my last day on earth what would I want to be doing you know and and how can I get more of that in my life right now? Like without having to overhaul everything, just little opportunities to do the things that that light me up the most. You know, giving ourselves permission to do that stuff. Like in, the, in those massive moments of change where we feel as though, fuck, okay, I definitely feel as though I need to do something. I feel as though there's nothing more. Do you think, uh, I feel as though there's more for me. Do you think we have too much attachment or, or, or too concerned about others over ourselves um, in terms of, you know, the classic people pleaser, like we're afraid of hurting potentially the people around us in order, in order to take that step to move on to f- find the best version of ourselves. You know, in, in some cases, people definitely have to step out of their circumstance. And, and in some cases, not all cases, people have to step away from people, right? Um, mm. as, as part of that circumstance in yeah. a lot of cases it's a it's a matter of uplifting those around you and including the people on that journey and that's the type of people you want to be with too right that yeah. like you fucking got this let's go for it I support you mm. and that's the cool thing if I wanted to change do it do a massive zag in my lifetime I know that Justin would be like go for it you can do anything you want to do yeah and and I think in reference to that you know, the experience for me in terms of reinvention or reinvigorating another chapter in life, 
there are some wonderful moments and opportunities and people out there and you can't yeah. actually find those opportunities moments without taking those steps and without having those conversations so again chatting chatting to chatting to people the deep and meaningful conversations where you where you're expressing your thoughts and then and then how many times do we talk to someone and they go yeah i've, I've, I've you know i've got uh, three degrees and um i've got a successful business you go fuck i could never do that <laughs> you know i could ne i could never do that um the the opportunity is there for all of us right and 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 it can it can be circumstance there can be huge limitations mentally physically spiritually emotionally mm. but do you do you believe that there's opportunity for it for everybody do you think that that still exists in the modern in the modern framework uh, yes i certainly do and, and can i just um side note t-shirt people pleases anonymous by the way remember last time <laughs> yes you I had a so this is how committed I am to the cause of, um, you know, accepting that it's okay to have our own needs and say no and have boundaries. Um, but yeah, I, I totally believe there's possible. I mean, I think it's really important. I'm saying this as, you know, a, a, a privileged person sitting here right now saying, oh yeah, there's opportunities for everybody um, because I am not on the bones of my ass you know, struggling yeah. to feed my family. And so I, I really want to acknowledge every time I say things like that, that I'm, I'm not being sort of Pollyanna-ish about the realities of life. That you know, sometimes people aren't at the top of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs because they're down here just trying to fricking survive. That yeah. is a very real thing. But I think despite circumstances, there is always possibility that we can move forward, that we can grow into something different um, I think that's what you would call quintessential growth mindset is, yes, you know, I have the capacity to change with hard work, with good strategies, and with mentoring and help and support from other people. That is the essence of growth mindset. And I think that life goes much better if we can embrace that idea, you know, as opposed to a fixed mindset, which says, I'm good at this, I'm just not good at that. You know, I'm not a maths person. I'm not a creative person. I'm not a sporty person. You know, as soon as we say I can't, um, well, we can't. Or, you know, I'm not such and such. Well, we won't be. Because we've told our brain it's not a possibility for us. Yeah, because we have a, I mean, everything, everything, every, every profession, we have a firm picture in our minds cemented of what that should look like, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know, <laughs> and it and it might be from soap opera. might be from watching Street. So, athletic endeavor as well. So that can be that can be off putting as well. And and uh, actually, we talked we talked. I talked a couple of weeks ago about um, tall poppy syndrome as well. Mm. And and it, and it seems to be prevalent and 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 relevant. And I look, I have massive amounts of respect for anybody that's at the top of their field, and appreciating the mahi, like the hard work that it takes just to get to the top, just to get near the top, to stay at the top, or to be at the absolute top. Unbelievable the amount of commitment, the 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 daily challenge. You have to make it your life. Yes, you do. 
obsessive at times, right? Obsessive mm-hmm. at times. And, and so anybody up there, um, anybody up there that is, that is at the top of their game and it's education and it's sport and it's everything, you, you can think of anything. Um, even it takes work to be a good human being as well, right? Uh, yes, it yeah. does. Yeah, it, it does. takes it takes everything work. Yeah, everything takes work. So, so acknowledging that, and I got out of the conversation with Ma. We had a, we had an amazing moment. We were talking about purpose versus mission, a mission versus purpose, and I was describing how um, what what purpose is and how we're, we're basically swimming in it. It's hard to explain when you're just part of it. It's like a, a it's it's a river mm-hmm. that just flows through you. It's part of you, and you're part of the purpose. Um, and, and we were all overwhelmed with emotion. In fact, there was just this pause where, where, um, unexpectedly and unprovoked, um, I had to stop and I thought it was a lovely moment. And I was like, that's, that's purpose. And I followed up with it saying, bro, if you're, if you're truly doing something that you love, Mm. right. And you are taking every opportunity to be authentically you in those moments then then the the thought of imposter syndrome can't exist then there and I I thought that had such gravity because acknowledgement like when you get to the top when you get to the top of the field amongst all the tall poppies that people want to take you down there's another channel with the imposter, should I be here? Acknowledging the work, the mahi, the effort, the attention, the time, the sacrifice that goes into it. It has to be because you love it, right? It has to be. Yes. yes. It yes. has to be. So for all those, for all those that are either getting hacked by a tall poppy it's by people who don't understand how hard you work, right? It's pe- people mm. will never get it and they don't have to. What matters is you're being true to yourself by people who are maybe suffering from, from uh, imposter syndrome in those, in those situations. If you've been authentic to yourself and you've been 100% you and doing something that you love, it, can't, it just can't exist. There's no space for it. How, how do we encourage how do we encourage people to take that next step? I've kind of segued quite a bit. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing the, the, the step for me, in my mind, the logical step is you sit in there, you've seen a lot of people being successful doing things that you think they could never do. You've thought about it enough to say, I need to change. I want to change. I have to change. Mm-hmm. What's the next step? It's not like the Nike. It's not like the Nike advert. Eh? It's not like just do it. Just do it. Well, is it just one? Is it? Is it like we've discussed? Just well, I, I talk mean, to someone. Yeah, you can talk to some. I mean, the the cool thing is with with the people that have been successful they are such a valuable learning resource like we and you might even find that you know 
you actually, you know, scrolling, coming back to comparison, scrolling social media, I've, I've done it myself, you see people and you feel really envious of them actually, like just straight out jealous of like what they've accomplished and what their, you know, maybe their business looks like. But they are, again, it's like, but why, why am I jealous of this person? And it's typically because they've got something that you admire or they yeah. have a, you know, they're showing a quality that you admire. So that is like, cool, well, I can learn from that because they followed a process to get that thing. And maybe I can follow that process too. Because again, coming back to a central growth mindset, it's not about them being better than us in any way or having something we don't. We all have the ability to grow and learn. So learn from them, learn from the best, however you can. Maybe it's, um, you know, personally, or if it's somebody famous, read up on them, read up on their story. Um, you know, that, that can be progress in itself. But in terms of like, what do we do if we want to change? Um, you know, I'll always say to people, um, get really clear on your why for a start. You know, we've just like you talked about, the purpose behind something is so powerful. That is why we see superhuman acts like a, a parent lifting a freaking car off a child in an accident because there's purpose behind it is such emotion is such such a powerful driver and when you know your why your what is always more impactful yeah what you know it's it's so important to know that so check in with yourself about why you want to change in the first place is it because something is personally deeply meaningful to you and just makes you feel like i've come home or is it because you're looking for validation from someone? Um, you know, is it that you're trying to do something so that you finally feel worthy enough? Um, you know, are you hustling for your enoughness? That's what Brene Brown would say. I love that. You know, that hustle when you get caught in the hustle for enoughness and yeah. it never quite feels quite aligned and the change never quite comes off. It's because the purpose is misaligned. So check in with the purpose. And, you know, get really clear for yourself on why it is that you think you need to create this change. And then the last part is, um, I made up, I'll quote myself, I made this up. Um, start, start small to get started at all. Start small to get started at all. You know, we think we have to overhaul everything or our whole life or, you know, our whole life is doomed. So we need to change our job, relationships, health and fitness, everything. Not just pick somewhere to start and peel the layers back to its tiniest, 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 simplest next step or first step. Do I need to talk to somebody? Um, you know, what simple behavior could I start doing or stop doing? Um, you know, do I need to track my thoughts and my mood for a week just to see what's actually going on in my mind? Like, you know, just pick somewhere to start. And, you know, sometimes hiring someone like me like a coach is really helpful in that process because again you know some of these things are foreign to us about how, how you know how how do I listen to my thoughts I don't know how to do that or um I don't sure I'm happy to start somewhere small but I don't know where that is so I need someone to help me with that um but that's you know I think yeah, starting small and, and, and really dialing back those ridiculous expectations that we can place on ourselves that, you know, we should be able to create this change in five minutes. It is going to take time. It won't be a linear, it won't be a linear journey. I think that's another thing we expect that, you know, if we start off well, we'll, we'll just keep going well and it will be, you know, an upward linear journey when really it goes like this. 
back and forth, up and down, round and round, roller coasters. And so it's it's uh, embracing and expecting that, expecting things to go forwards, then backwards, then up and down, and we'll be confused. And um, we might wonder what, what on earth we're doing, but that's all part of the process too. It's all part of the complexity and messiness of life. So I think, again, we, we've got to stop trying to control the uncontrollable or predict the unpredictable. It's messy. Yeah. It's just how it is. But there's there's adventure in that messiness, like you said earlier, Adam. I love the messiness, especially for a person who likes the tidy. Oh. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> I have to lean into the messiness because, man, it's like, but where's my plan about the next step? You know, I need 10 steps figured out first before I can move. But no, that's another thing. Like, um, you don't have to have a perfectly formed plan to move forward you just don't you can't you can't like it's like trying to research the end of the internet like you can't figure it all out right now you just sort of have to move assess um you know make a little plan a mini plan a small step and then move and then see what happens and then make the next little step yeah iterative isn't it great as you mature, like you get to know your own habits and traits and and, and you can make <laughs> fun of them when, when, when you just when you find yourself doing something that you've always done and you just laugh about it and sharing it with others as well. Like for me, uh, walking into a fitness studio and not having the instructor bike completely straight does my head in. I've gotten over <laughs> the fact I've gotten over the fact that not every bike can be straight. That's okay. I've let that go. I've let that slide peaks. That's okay. Um, you're off the hook, but for my bike specifically. <laughs> <laughs> it ha it has it has to be and i chuckle over it i chuckle over it. i think it's i think it's wonderful and again just getting to getting to learn my own traits and getting to learn and love myself and and laugh at myself i think is laugh at yourself Gosh, that's cute. Have to. yeah exactly that's a massive that's a massive um sort of piece of advice laugh at yourself well we're honestly, bloody funny i mean yeah well let's you're face really it <laughs> funny looking um oh, i just high on high on life i mean why not why not smile and laugh why not uh, life's full of yeah. too many sad faces already so if i can absolutely by smiling to being happy that's just who i am uh took me a while a few iterations to to get here <laughs> so people persist with the reiterations with the 2.0 it doesn't matter how many versions you feel as though you need to recreate yourself eventually you'll get to a space where you know yourself and you'll be able to laugh at yourself i guarantee it i flip yeah. and guarantee it um i know we haven't got much time left bex because we're the hour of power today uh, you've got so much going on i appreciate i do appreciate your time um quickly do you think we get tied into a legacy loop like just worrying about how will i be remembered and just forget about sort of what's happening with people here you know how can i impact the people now rather than how will i impact people in 100 years um yeah. how can i do, is is that do you do you think that's an issue or i'm just <laughs> well throw it out there just throw a universal question out to dr bex bell with two minutes to go. <laughs> it could be i think i think what that's getting at is that um it's really important to to sort of keep the bigger picture in mind so to have that vision for our life like to ask the question of what do i want my legacy to be i think that's a really important question to answer whether that's professionally or personally so you know when again i'm going to be morbid because i actually i think about death quite a lot i have to yeah. say like maybe more than is reasonable 
<laughs> but I find it helps me to keep a really healthy perspective. You know, does this yeah. matter? Am I doing that? I have this sort of sense of urgency because I'm like, oh, life is so short. You know, I need to do what's what matters most right now because it is short. Um, but asking that question of, you know, when people are speaking about me at my funeral, what types of things do I actually want them to be saying? You know, is it that I just achieved this laundry list of things or do I want people to be talking about how loving I was or how much, you know, how I always no matter what I had going on, I had time for them. And when I was talking with them, I was really present with them. And I was just me, you know, I just owned myself. I was authentic. And, you know, what is it that you want that legacy to be? And then rather than just getting caught in that, like, you know, the, the long-term legacy, how can you bring that to the present moment and live it now? You know, what, what ways of thinking, being or behaving would allow you to, to live that legacy right now, every day. And, um, you know, even just setting that intention every morning, you know, when you wake up, okay, like, how am I gonna be that person today? What, what's something, you know, in the meeting that I have on, how could I bring that desired quality into the meeting? You know, when I walk past somebody on the street, what might I do? Like, will I share a smile with somebody or, um, you know, when, when, my, when my child really pushes my buttons, how do I want to react today? You know, just little things like that that are, that are pulling the bigger picture vision in, into the present moment. And, and um, you know, we can use it as, as guideposts of how we want to be present and show up every day. And I, um, I just, I, I feel, I mean, it's, it's not easy to constantly be thinking about this stuff because we're such busy people that we do get caught in reactive autopilot mode. But I think that it really does can enhance our well-being and, and our performance, to be honest, if we, if we can practice how to do that more often. Because we're engaging with life and the people in it that we care about and it, just everybody intentionally, rather than just reacting from habit or autopilot, which sometimes isn't our best selves, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Called in reactivity, yeah. And I think by being part of something bigger than yourself, like there's so many legacies that have been created and, and you know, humanity and kindness and, and love and being, being caring. There's legacies of those that have flowed through a lot of people over, over history and time. So you can involve yourself in a group or an organization that really carries that with them as part of their legacy. Then mm. I think it enables you to eventually find your own because it takes the pressure off a bit. Mm. Because when you're part of something that you know, um, is so fulfilling in many ways, then it allows you to maybe channel, it gives you some direction in terms of channeling your legacy as well, eh? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just it's such a cool question to ask yourself. I'd invite everybody, you know, once they've finished listening, just to spend a few minutes maybe jotting some thoughts down about that. What, what is my legacy? What do I want it to be? And, you know, not putting any pressure on ourselves to make that happen in five minutes, but just asking, you know, if we translate that back into the day-to-days, what does that look like in terms of my best life right now that I have control over? What are the bits I actually have control over? Which is typically the thoughts that we're buying into, you know, the giving ourselves space for the emotions we're feeling and, um, and just owning who the hell we are, you know, giving ourselves permission to take up space in this world that's so important because we need you. Everybody needs your uniqueness like we talked about last time. 
Yeah, just re relaxing and enjoying more of the moments and time. And I, 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 I sent you a couple of things in notes, and and we'll just I guess we'll have to move quickly here. But Bradley Wiggins, who who uh, a cycling legend, won Tour de France multiple times, Olympic champion, track track and uh, time trial champion, won Tour de France and the Olympic gold medal for time trial in the same uh, same year. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but he's a he's a massive fan of the sport and a and a very deep thinker. But he was going on the whole the whole experience from him in the time trial riding through London. He was in this bubble, bubble, this emotional bubble. And then when when that started to break as he got closer, because he got closer to the goal, but he found the bubble broke and he's found himself trying way too hard. And he said mm -hmm. the harder he tried, the harder it got. Which I think has massive meaning in our lives too, that we are just we're just putting too much pressure of we've, as we've discussed. We're trying way too hard, potentially yeah. on things that aren't true to, to who we are. Yes, right? exactly. And, and so sitting back and getting to know yourself, getting to learn more about yourself, having those deeper, meaningful conversations with yourself, writing stuff down if you need to, I guess, journaling. If you yep. haven't got the confidence to, to go out and chat to someone initially, writing stuff down, having a look at it, reviewing it talking to people definitely um, but just taking the time to, to to learn and love yourself and laugh at yourself and again giving you giving yourself the time not now yeah it, will, it won't happen get overnight to know yourself. get to know yourself hey eh? because you're pretty fucking cool if you're listening well, to to this exactly. podcast <laughs> you've got it going on <laughs> you've and got I it know, going I'm on People can sort of go, oh, no, I'm not. But but like you are, that's like, you know, that's there's only one of you on this whole freaking yeah. planet. How could you In, not be? So incredible against all odds here here, here we are. Um oh, maybe we should leave it there because that's just uh, a wonderful chat. In terms of, you know, I always throw you on the spot in terms of uh, parting words. I just feel as though there's going to be a part three because I had another question I was going to ask you, but we'll leave that for another time because that was a that was another deep that was another deep pit um, of joy and love. That's what it was. Yes. Uh, you can yes. have pits of joy and love, but 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 uh, final thoughts, Doctor Bex Bell, uh, Doctor of Philosophy and Criminal Psychology. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, final thoughts. Uh, uh, something that can help our listeners, based on maybe based on a conversation or based on how you're feeling, that you think can just is is relevant. Yes. Okay. So I'm looking down because I've got my phone here because I, I love these words that um, I actually shared in a post yesterday, and I think it just sums up everything that we've talked about in terms of just just relaxing a little bit into sort of who we are and just taking the pressure off a wee bit you know just realizing that at the heart of it that you you are okay you know you're not falling short in all the ways that your mind tells you that you are and um, if, if we really want to kind of, you know, learn and grow and step into that most aligned version 4.0 or however many versions uh, there may be, because, you know, I certainly hope that I'm still creating new versions right up until I take my last breath. You too, Ada. You know, of I don't course. want to stop yeah. learning. Always. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, 
I think we we need to remember though we need to balance that out that kind of that hungriness to to learn and kind of grow and get to the next level kind of like in a freaking video game we need <laughs> to remember um these were which by the way I know is very inherent to the fitness world isn't it you know that, yep. that constant progression we need to balance it out with these words from Brené Brown who if you don't know her work you guys I cannot recommend it enough uh, especially if you're somebody prone to putting a lot of pressure on yourself, maybe getting hooked in the old perfectionism and imposter syndrome and whatnot. But what she says is this. So everyone, repeat after us as many times as you need to in a day. No matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I am enough. Yes, I am imperfect and vulnerable and sometimes afraid, but that doesn't change the truth that I am also brave and worthy of love and belonging. That is what I would say to wrap up. Thank you, Brené Brown, for amazing words that we can all just sort of listen to over and over again and carry around with us every day, hopefully, and print off and put on the wall like I have. <laughs> so I remember it. <laughs> Thank you, Brené Brown, and thank you, Dr. Bex Bell. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. The struggle is not the struggle for us independently is not unique, right? The struggle for us is all humanity. We all go through the same dips and dives. And that's what one Which is the beautiful is. thing, I think. I, 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 think it's a, I think it's amazing if we can just capture a little bit about the, the, the wonderful thing about connections like this, about moments like this. I know that after our last conversation, the, the next day I woke up just feeling better after mm. just having a great conversation with a wonderful human such as you, Dr. Bexbell. Thank you so much. Um, no, no, from, from the heart. Um, so, yeah, the ep episode, as, as, as I always get to this point, just overcome with gratitude and the opportunity to converse with you and obviously to know you um, and, and excited about the opportunity to continue conversations, whether it's on or offline, mm. um, to knowing knowing that there are people out there like you who are so connected and to helping people um, and knowing the impact that you can make and do make on a daily just by being you. And I commend oh, you for that. And I really love you for it. So thank you, Dr. Bexbell, for your time, um, for your energy, for your open openness and honesty, um, for your love, your wisdom. Peeps, that is us, episode number 44 of the DMC podcast, an hour of absolute power. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I just enjoyed chatting to Bex. Take care of one another. Um, go out there and, and live this wonderful thing we, we, we call life. It's a roller coaster, but shit, art roller coasters fun. <laughs> and if you can be anything, of course, be kind. That's us. Take care till the next episode and we'll see you soon. Peace. Thank you so much, Adam. Peace, everyone.